This is Kingston Live. The team looks back at a year of podcasting and great live music with the first Kingston Live Roundtable. And the Dan Taylor Band releases an ode to Kingston called Limestone City. I introduce the show. I don't even know what to say. Normally, you're the one that kicks I, us off. I can do it if you want. I just, <laughs> you know. Hello, I'm Johnny San. Oh, is that how we started? I should have figured that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Johnny San. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. No, no, no. Go for it. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you now. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're in this. Okay. <laughs> I'm Riley Jabor, except not really. I'm actually Riley Jabor. Yeah, there we go. And I'm Johnny San. This is the Kingston Live Podcast. Welcome. I want to talk about our playlist just to start, because our playlist is out now. It's on Spotify, and we've gotten a lot of great feedback, actually. So thank you for all your suggestions. Uh, have we put any of those suggestions into play yet? Uh, um, <laughs> one or two, I believe. Uh, there's been a few suggestions for some bands I would love to add, but I can't seem to find them on Spotify. So uh, if you are a band that would love to be on the playlist, please make sure that your stuff is available on Spotify, because uh, otherwise that's... As far as I know, not a possibility. Yes. Well, it's a work in progress. It's always getting added to as well with uh, new releases, which we're about to talk about a little bit later. Yes. Well, we can talk about them right now. Now is a little bit later. (laughs) (laughs) The Dan Taylor Band has been making a name for themselves around town for the last few years. And like some of his contemporaries, the band's namesake, Dan, started young. He picked up a guitar at around seven years old and began performing solo when he finished high school, inspired by singer-songwriters like City and Color and Matthew Good. Jumped to 2016, and the Dan Taylor Band was born, filling out Dan's Canadiana roots rock sound. The band has just released Limestone City, their newest single, and an ode to Kingston, and we're joined by Dan Taylor. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? And Paul Stoss, guitarist. Glad, Glad to be here. Thank you for being here. So uh, I guess we'll start off. Let's talk about this single. Yeah, we uh, I just came out today at midnight, and so far it's doing pretty well as as far as we can tell. Yeah, uh, no, it's not sounds a good. You can track at this point, but it's still pretty early in the game. But <laughs> yeah, 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 it hasn't gone to number one yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> number one in our hearts. The day is young. <laughs> there you go. Now this may be an obvious sort of thing, but what inspired this? Obviously, Kingston inspired it. But why did you feel a need to to write a song about Kingston? Um, well, I actually wrote it three years ago when I was in Toronto, um, and uh, I was living there. Well, it was Scarborough. So let's not, you know, (laughs) make me sound too cool. Uh, It was at, uh, I had a development uh, program that I was attending called Canada's Music Incubator and uh, sort of was living with another artist after I had moved out of my rattier apartment and um, I was missing Kingston. He was, uh, he was out or something, and I was alone for like the first night, <laughs> and I was drinking, and I was missing Kingston, and and uh, was I called home a couple times, nobody was picking up, and so I I wrote them a song pretending, you know, that I was you know chatting with them and and telling them about my uh, experience at that point. 
So. I like how the song kind of romanticizes that trip on the 401, which normally is just a tedious trip, but it sounds so nice in the song. Yeah, well, uh, the there's the line, um, these empty roads never look so pretty. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was never excited by the 401 when I was a kid, <laughs> but I remember I... Uh, uh, it, it was like over Thanksgiving, we had a break or something like that. Um, and I booked a last second bus, like Greyhound home. And, and just that trip was so exciting because I knew I was going to go, you know, hit up the mansion with my friends and uh, and uh, jam with Josh, our, who's our drummer, and uh, sort of pick up where I left off for a couple of days. And I sort of put that thought into my head, you know, the... The fact that uh, this kind of bland road trip has become something special to me and and going back to Kingston is uh, so awesome and special. And the song sounds like Kingston, too, I think. (laughs) I I hope so. We've talked before about how Kingston kind of has a sound, whether by accident or by design. I think, well, like, think about the bands that, uh, you know, that have shaped Kingston music like even when you are trying so hard to be totally different you know the stories come from very similar places and yeah yeah uh, well like, it's ama- it's always amazing how environment affects art absolutely yeah. i can totally agree with that um so myself having not been from kingston i grew up in northern ontario i was born and mostly raised in sudbury but i lived in sault st marie for a while as well and <clears throat> relocated to kingston how long? It's almost ten years. So I still feel kind of like a new person in Kingston, but it's a pretty, pretty great community and pretty awesome town. So I can see how. Well, certainly as I was mentioning earlier, just the quality of musicians and the artists that do exist here. It's it is an inspiring place. It's very very cool to be here. It's an interesting point to say that environment can impact the uh, the music scene and tie that into the road trip uh, or the the road metaphor, too, because I've heard other bands mention that coming from the other side where the road trip between Kingston and Toronto can seem super dull. But I've had uh, I've talked to bands coming from Halifax or so, and they always seem super stoked when they get to Kingston. And I always ask, like, what is it about getting here? And they're like, well, partially Kingston's a great music city, but also because coming from like Atlantic Canada, unless you speak French. There's like a 10 hour drive where you're just stuck in the van and there is nothing. You might hit Montreal, but other than that, you get to Kingston and it's like the first stop where you're like, okay, I can, I can communicate again. I can get into my element. And I wonder if almost that can, uh, that buffer on each side has kind of helped influence the way the city operates as a music city. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was in Toronto there, I wrote a, or I was singing a song that I'd, I'd written previously, our last release from a couple of years ago. And they were teasing me a little bit. They're like, oh, that's so Kingston, you know, you, <laughs> like it's a little. Even that night. Yeah, just they're like, oh, that's very Kingston. I'm like, what do you mean? And they couldn't really truly describe it, but they were trying to sort of break it down and these are people from ottawa toronto everywhere that are like you guys do all sort of have similarities i guess well and that's what we've talked about from the start like this is the our 12th regular podcast we've been doing this a year now and we keep coming back to 
basically what you're saying. There's like this this ineffable thing about Kingston. It's like it sounds like Kingston, but what is it? And it's nice to know there are sort of people outside who have that same sort of view, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a mix too of sort of it's like it's a it's a good sized town. There's like this influx of like the student transitional phases where new people are coming in and even like with RMC and that kind of thing. But at the same time it's still tied to a rural lifestyle in a lot of ways. It's small enough that it's connected to just north of town, and like I've always some said, of the farming community like yeah, lifestyle yeah. thing too, which it's a mix of both. I've always said Kingston's very balanced because it's big enough that there's stuff going on, but not so big that you're going to get shot. Yeah, so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Indeed. Yeah. True. Well, and actually, another thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's a line I loved in the song. It's a Toronto <laughs> chewed me up and spit me out. <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, man, I was really poor when I was there. <laughs> I, I quit my construction job. I, I got a phone call from it, Jesse Mitchell, who works there. Um, he's like one of the coordinators. I'll I'll look up his job title so that I'm not uh, <laughs> underselling him. But um, he called me and I was so miserable at this job. It was like raining for the past two weeks. I was, you know, lugging bricks everywhere and just being everybody's gopher and i get a call and i tried to hide i snuck into a porta potty to take the call (laughs) and he's like are you like you know we want you to come do this and uh we've accepted your application can you do it like this coming session or do you want to wait a few months like because we know it's a it's a financial commitment to move and, and I was like, oh, I, I don't care. I'll come right now. <laughs> and I sort of paid for that. By the end, by the end of my trip, I was eating, you know, ramen and and uh, um, yeah, and wasn't ramen. Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> just ramen. It was basically ramen. Yeah. So yeah, it really did. It it beat me up pretty pretty hard. And you can't you can't really get by in Toronto the way that you can here. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of people more in fact just yesterday I was I was at a networking event. I was talking to a fellow who just moved here from Toronto and I talked to so <laughs> many people who and I love Toronto, but I think a lot of people are really feeling that grind now. And even yeah. our writer Peter who I think you corresponded with a little bit. Yes. He yeah. just moved here. He just got a job uh, working for Queens and he was in Toronto for years and he was just trying to find you know, just trying to get some traction somewhere. And it's just, it's too big. It's too ridiculous. It's too overwhelming. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's really tough. I'm, I mean, I was also, you know, I'd go down there like to actual downtown Toronto quite a bit. Um, uh, my friends had like a residency at the Dakota Tavern, so I'd go down with them, you know, free ride and stuff. Don't have to take the subway, but, uh, Scarborough, when I was there, it, it's almost just as busy and it's just a scary place sometimes, um, just where I was. It's, I mean, not not everywhere, but uh, my apartment was probably the most rundown apartment in in the entire city. And, and <laughs> that's quite a visual. The, <laughs> the elevator broke down like four times, and I was only there for four months. Like, oh my goodness! Yeah, so it uh, it was tough and. Uh, but there was an LCBO and a, a metro nearby, so I was good. <laughs> At least it wasn't Buffalo. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't Buffalo, which we, I didn't mean to trash. No, just in the Buffalo. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little reference awesome. to Buffalo in the song as <laughs> yeah. well. Yes. Yeah, there's a cute girl from Buffalo that. You know, so that's a true story. On. That part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, she was nice. She was a nice girl, but uh, I was trying to get a date for the next day or something, and 
And she was like, oh, I'm from Buffalo. And I was like, ah. <laughs> ah that sucks. Just because it's not convenient. Right? Yeah, That's the only reason why anybody would Yeah, I don't want to go to yeah. Buffalo. No yeah. <laughs> not for a date. No. <laughs> Wasn't there that ferry between Buffalo and Toronto for like four months? And then they realized it stopped working because they were like, nobody's going to Buffalo. There's no reason to go there. <laughs> Meet those nice girls from Buffalo. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so sad. <laughs> so... So, uh, Aaron Holmberg worked with you on this track. Correct? Yes. Yes. He, he's a Kingston Live alumnus. He's been here a couple of times. Yeah. Well, Paul did, he produced everything and uh, did he did a lot of the, too. yeah, and, and engineered everything. And then uh, he dealt mostly with Aaron more than I did. I just told Aaron everything sounded good because it, <laughs> it sounded great to me. So Well, we were fortunate to uh, be able to work with Aaron too. So we kind of had like the demos. Then I had like done some rough mixes of all the tracking and everything, and we were able to sort of get it in his ears, and he was like, yeah, I'm interested. So we were very grateful that he was, you know, willing to work with us at that next, to take it to the next level. Yeah, he was doing some great work, and we were mixing out of the North of Princess Studios. And uh, yeah, it was very cool, very good experience. He's obviously great pedigree and great ears. Yeah, well, he's worked yeah. with all kinds of folks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he's a great guy, too. I have to say, he's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have this thing with working with new people especially established people <laughs> i get really really nervous and immediately meeting him we uh sort of had a a first meeting he listened to the tunes and he's such a gentleman and really fun to hang out with so <laughs> it uh cut the tension for me like for sure. i was a lot less nervous. <clears throat> and now, then, you did say tunes. So is this an indication that there is more new stuff coming in the new year? What can you tell us so far? Yes. Uh, my first song that I wrote, I well, that I wrote from start to finish, is going to be released in January. There's an acoustic version of it on uh, on YouTube, but it's dialed up a few notches, uh, and it's a little more, you know, rock and roll than, than the original mm -hmm. sort of version. So, yeah, we... Over the last year, it's been kind of a year of transition, too, for the band, and a lot of the songs... So, just stepping back for two seconds to Limestone City, it was a song that was kind of put on the back burner, and, like, one of the songs that was in the set list, don't love it, and then all of a sudden it just started to build a new life, and ultimately became this first single that got released for this new series of work. So, we've got uh, quite a few songs on the back burner like more than enough for an album but trying to figure out how we want to release things so we're just going to do a few singles here hopefully monthly so are we going to see an album sometime in the foreseeable future yeah. i i would say that uh you'll definitely hear a few more songs before you'll hear uh like a full album um possibly an ep but that's you know we're we're just trying to see how how things go with uh uh, sort of on a song by song basis and uh trying to do things in a fun way where we're just keeping it fresh with people um and not making them wait around for new stuff mm -hmm. so yeah there's a lot even the songwriting process is continuing in parallel with all of working up the, the ideas that haven't really been recorded and put down yet there's new material coming it's it's one of the things he gets 
he's a prolific dude sometimes so it's it's it's, 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 it's fun to work with you know and I, i'm i'm mr parallel thinking <laughs> yeah. i'm like all right yeah. we've got this happening we got to do this we got to do this and it's this the multitasking paul's the kind of guy that like i'll get really excited about uh you know a step on in the road and he'll be like think about this thing too you know (laughs) you know like you're forgetting don't don't forget about this like you know and it's made us way better there's you know uh adam our new bass player uh new as as of like january so he's been in the band for a year uh he's been an amazing part of things and uh josh our, has been the drummer since the very start and we've been friends since elementary school um he's another guy that just wants to get things done and uh now you sort of want, that we found our our pocket or our you know our team of four we're we're sort of moving in a direction where we can get so much more stuff done and and not leave people Waiting for new tunes and and shows and all that stuff. It sounds like you had a good mix of personalities there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Now you guys were in the Santa Parade recently. We were uh, just sort of. Well, I think Goldwing was supposed to be the the band that uh, that was going to do that, and I was hanging out with Ryan, uh, the lead singer there, and. They had to cancel for. I think one of them couldn't make it or something. It was. It was a very. I think yeah. Just they wouldn't have the logistics to get rehearsals in and songs down because of other conflicting schedules. So and uh, he's like, hey, yeah. He's like, do you <laughs> want to do this? I was like, um, yes, yes. <laughs> and I messaged the guys and I was like, can we throw together three Christmas songs as fast as possible? <laughs> and it was. It was tough because everybody's pretty busy <laughs> learning three new songs, but uh, it, it, was cold. it worked out, and it was, it was pretty uh, pretty fun. I think my parents were pretty excited to see us on uh, <laughs> CKWS or, or whatever station it was. Yeah, Did you find fun. it a challenge to uh, play on a, a moving float? Because I was just standing there <laughs> static, and I almost yeah. fell over three times. <laughs> I, I was after a few times. I, I thought Dan was going down, <laughs> and I was like, "He's just out of reach. Please don't go down." But he was able to hold it together. Yeah, it was tricky. There was definitely some. You, you would think <laughs> get, get like, the stance down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely the heaviest guy in our band, and you would definitely think that I would have the best sort of balance or like you know weight to the ground and. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but there were, the you one time no no issues. Yeah, it's, though it's all the one time I almost knocked the mic stand over and I kind of like grabbed it, but I used it to sort of pull myself back up. <laughs> that's a, that's, a, that's a classic Steven Tyler move. Though. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was picturing it off something well. like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, picture that with a giant winter coat and a, a giant sweater over top of it and on a moving vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Like it was a great experience though, just to. It was a lot of people. It's you, you don't realize just how many people come out for that, but it was it was, you know, all cold aside, it was a great time. Well, yeah, I'm sure experience. it's nice to get out to sort of a, a community event because I know as musicians we tend to play in bars a lot, and absolutely, you, you get a very sort of specific kind of crowd. The yeah. Number of little kids just grooving to Run Run Rudolph, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. was awesome, and just you know, cutting rugs left, right, and center. That's great. Yeah. Oh, it was it was pretty cool. I have like. I've uh, cousins from sort of Trenton area, and I don't see them a ton. And they were there with their, you know, uh, my cousin and her husband were there with their kids and on the shoulders, and they were like waving. and And they haven't, they don't go to bars. They they're just uh, really quiet uh, people, and and so 
I don't get to perform for them very often, but you know, in those settings, you get a chance to play for anybody. And you know, my 93 year old grandmother got to got to see a, a clip of of me playing. So <laughs> my two daughters were screaming my name. Dad! Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was awesome. Rock and roll, dad. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> When you were talking about the, the mic stand incident there, yeah. I always like to, I like to ask people, what's your what's been your worst experience on stage? I was just thinking I have a, a funny story um, where things went wrong. This was a long time ago in a land far away, but uh, I was playing in this uh, band back in Sault Ste. Marie. I was in high school and we were playing at this rundown motel, like better stage room in the back and we were a metal band and the power cut when we were on stage but somehow and the whole room went black but somehow my guitar amp still had power so i was able to play so i i cranked it up in a room so our set list featured a whole bunch Wait, how of sl- did that slayer songs it's a miracle. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> I played Raining Blood. I had, I had a sparkler in my guitar case. So I put a sparkler in the headstock of my guitar, and I played Raining Blood by Slayer. And our drummer played along, too, because he was able to do it. But, uh, you know, you had to turn those lemons into lemonade. Yeah. Wow. That's As you like to say, hail Satan. <laughs> yeah. That's a, Absolutely. That is so much more rock and roll than any story. <laughs> Yeah, it was not a rock and roll sparkler. It was pretty small. <laughs> I just, I the just, birthday cupcake sparkler. This is so not off. cool now. <laughs> I knew a metal band once years ago that uh, they were playing a gig. I think it was in Toronto. Um, right as remember, like the North American blackout. When oh, that yeah, happened, absolutely. Yeah. They were playing a show as the blackout kicked in, and I think they were about to kick into like a breakdown, and then like power goes out across almost the whole like continent. Oh, and at yeah. first they're like, oh no, like we blew up the building. <laughs> and people are like, the lights are off across the street too. What did you do? And so they, they tried to brand it as like we destroyed North America. I don't think they did, but there's no evidence. That's what happens when the guitar player just, you know, after sound check, he turns his amp up just a little bit more. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Trouble. That's... Did it actually make that sound that when... I, I don't know. I like to imagine. Well, because the reason I say that is when that blackout happened, I was in the future shop oh. where everything has power and it actually did make that sound it was really cool i was paying for something and the lights went out and there was this wow i was like that's a real thing that is so cool uh any advice for aspiring musicians i think the biggest thing that i'm learning right now is just i think everybody says this but thick skin have thick skin like you you'll hear from the people that that really like your music you're gonna hear nothing but you know sunshine and and rainbows and all that but you're also going to be criticized a lot um like for example right now we're we're dealing with uh submissions uh to radio blogs all sorts of stuff and and if the the alternative channel or something just really doesn't think it tracks with them or or whatever they're going to tell you and you just have to be prepared to not get the best review and um but that doesn't mean uh, that your song isn't good or or that your music's not good. It just means it's not for everybody. Whereas, you know, five years ago, I would have wanted to please absolutely every single person. But now... Which you can't do. <laughs> you can't, no. absolutely cannot. Yeah. No. no. Definitely not. So everybody's going to have an opinion. And 
take the constructive feedback and and disregard too positive and disregard <laughs> too negative as well. So, yeah. Right on. Well, we're going to play your song now. Uh, anything else you'd like to say about it before we get into it? So the one thing I'll, I'll add, it's fun. There's there's a guitar solo at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think this ties to what Dan was just saying about don't listen to what other people tell you. Make the music you want to make, I guess, is kind of a big thing. Put a guitar solo in there if you want it. And, yeah. You know, guitar well, solos do what you got to do. I think that's just... Well, that, that's cool, because I was going to ask, uh, do you guys want me to play the full version or the radio edit that you sent me? But yeah, we're going to play the full version <laughs> now that you've said that. Yes. And, and envision a sparkler at the end of my head. Stop <laughs> my guitar. Awesome. <laughs> guys, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, awesome. Guys. Thanks so much for having us. This is Limestone City by the Dan Taylor Band on Kingston Live. I miss my brother, how are my sisters doing? Toronto chewed me up and spit me out Now I'm headed home, falling down Oh.
December 6th, Oak Ridge Avenue with Kiss the Fish at the Grad Club. And Oak Ridge Avenue will be playing the upcoming Endless Nights album in its entirety. And I believe uh, we will be there as well. Yeah, we will. December 6th, the very same night at the mansion, you got Rhea May all the way from Halifax. December 6th as well, Classic Albums Live, The Beatles, Abbey Road at the Grand Theater. December 7th, Men of the Deeps, Christmas in the Mine at the Grand Theater. December 7th, the Mono Whales with Goldwing at the Mansion. December 12th, Lee Rocker of the Stray Cats is at the Grand Theater. Subscribe to Grand on stage by going to kingstongrand.ca. December 13th, the Tone Cats at the Merchant. Also December 13th, the Mahones at the Mansion. December 14th, Holy Wow is at Musiki. December 15th, Anthea and the Fever Dreams at Musiki. December 15th, the third annual Michelle Kasabowski Christmas at the Grand Theater. December 16th, 17th, and 18th, the Kingston Symphony presents A Candlelight Christmas at the Isabel. And the YGK Music Series. This is the third in the series presented by Spearhead, KPP, and Kingston Live. Headlined by Casador. This is Casador's biggest headlining show in support of their first full-length album, Brood and Bloom. Opening that show is Brother Elsie, who opened the Glorious Sons Richard Stadium show a few months ago and the Codas, a new Kingston band with a new EP. That show is Friday, December 20th. Follow us on Instagram for a chance to win tickets. Folk Wednesdays with the Goodnight Irenes are at Musiki. Live music every Friday and Saturday night at Rax. Live music at the Toucan every Monday, Friday, and Saturday night. For details on these events and others, along with lots of other things to do, places to eat, and places to stay in Kingston, check out visitkingston.ca. Oh, are we actually on right now? Oh, yeah, we're on. Oh, yes. that's great. Awesome. So for for those <laughs> listening, uh, we're going to do something a little different here. No fancy intro. Sorry, Pete. Uh-huh. Um, we're just going to... We should have made Pete write a bio about each of us for this one. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll do a little bit of that in a moment. But I did want to... <laughs> John Sanfilippo is the worst son in the family. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you guys are related? (laughs) (laughs) That's surprisingly common last name. (laughs) I just thought, you know... What are the odds? No relation at all. Um, No, we talked for a while about, okay, this is uh, sort of wrapping up the year. This is the December show. And for the last segment, we thought we'd just do a little sort of informal roundtable discussion. And yes, maybe we'll start by just sort of uh, introducing ourselves because a couple of us are are not regulars on the podcast. Obviously, Riley Jabor and I are very familiar to the listener, I would hope. But uh, yeah, everybody obviously in this room, uh, nobody does this podcast full time. So maybe if we just sort of introduce ourselves and, and say what we do and, and what we do with the podcast as well. So I will begin. Uh, my name is John Sanfilippo, aka Johnny San. I am the co-host and co-producer, I suppose, of this. And uh, by day, I run uh, Titan Sound, which is a studio in Kingston with um, kind of an unconventional studio. It focuses more on media and branding and business. So I do things like voiceovers and jingles and post-production audio and lots of fun things. Hello, my name is Riley Jabor. I am the other voice on the podcast most of the time. I am five foot ten, one hundred and eighty-two <laughs> pounds. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I do this podcast, and then I'm also on uh, K Rock one hundred five seven as the midday guy and uh, music director. So if you uh, are a Kingston musician band that hasn't yet been on the podcast and you want to get your music perhaps on the FM waves, then shoot me an email. I'm uh, Rob Howard. I'm a little hoarse tonight. Because I'm, uh, that's another occupation. Two directions. He is yeah. not actually a pony. He has a cold. 
<laughs> We're doing role play tonight. <laughs> I can't even make good sound effects. I've got a, I'm overcoming a cold, so I sound terrible. If you want to know what I really sound like, go back to the very first episode of this podcast because I'm on there and my voice sounds amazing on that one. Um, I'm executive producer of the podcast, which means I do relatively little. I email a lot with John and we talk frequently, but all the heavy lifting is done by others, which I'm super appreciative of. I get to sit back and, and kind of watch it all unfold. And then John puts out, you know, the first cut or the rough cut or the final cut. And I get to this press play and just, oh, this is really nice. That's kind of what I do. But I also am uh, communicating with the outside world, too. So any uh, time we receive an email, be it uh, love letters or hate mail, I read them. <laughs> and we do read everything. And we, do, and we respond. The feedback actually has been really, really good. And so we love to get that feedback and those emails and stuff like that and on social media as well. So, um, just kind of trying to keep our social channels going and, um, make sure everyone's aware of all the great live music that's happening in Kingston and all the amazing bands and artists that call Kingston home. Rob's very much downplaying his role in all this. Rob's the guy who got this started and he's the guy who keeps it going. And he's the guy who's good at getting out there and hustling people and talking to folks and getting things done. So Thank, thank you, you for what you do. Well, thank thank you, Rob. you very much. You're, you're welcome. I enjoy this a lot. So, um, yeah, very cool. Uh, and uh, I'm Pete Sanfilippo. Uh, I am, yes, actually related to John, surprisingly. <laughs> it's a real shocker there. Yeah, I write uh, the intros and some of the content for the show. And uh, outside of there, I you know, do some freelance writing, graphic design. Um, just recently moved back to Kingston. It's kind of cool. Uh, I was in Toronto for the longest time, and yeah, it's been nice to nice to be back around. And I want to point out that this is, I believe, the first time the four of us have all been in the same room together, which is really weird. Yeah, and, yeah. and long overdue. Yeah, it's it's pretty nifty. So let's talk about stuff. So it's been a year. We've had a year of this podcast. Um, favorite shows? Anyone? You mean favorite episodes? And it, well, I was thinking more concerts, but shows like podcasts. Sure, oh, I mean this is an informal thing. Yeah, we can talk about There's, whatever. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's start with the episodes because we've got. I think we're just. This is going to be our twelfth one, and so thirteenth um, if you count the oh, special yeah. festival which, episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. which I, that summer festivals episode I think might be my favorite um, because it just reminded me like how much fun Kingston is in the summertime and how much amazing music happens here in the festival format. And some festivals are big and some are smaller and some have changed over the years. Some have grown big, like uh, uh, like Back to the Farm uh, out of the McKinnon uh, Brothers uh, Brewery, which was fantastic uh, this year. But That was a lot of fun to do. Uh, it, it was kind of a, a hassle because we brought all the gear out. and we, For those who, who weren't there, I mean, maybe you heard the podcast, but we sort of set up a makeshift podcast outdoor studio which was a lot of fun but yeah it was it was challenging at the same time but i think it got we got some good audio and we had a lot of fun there it was cool to, to hear from the festival organizers on that show about you know their vision for for the festival because there's there's so there's so different blues fest is different uh than skeleton park for instance and each has a different audience and and each has a different curator behind it and a visionary behind it and so um you know kingston in the summertime with the festivals just has something for everyone and if you are, are organizing a festival for 2020, please get in touch with us. We definitely want to hear from you. We hope we, we didn't miss out on, an, on anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so get in touch, and we'll, we'll get you on the next one. Let's talk about favorite shows, though. That was my favorite episode, but um, 
because we, we all kind of go to a lot of live music. Pete, you're just kind of back in Kingston now, so I don't know how much live music you actually caught here. Just this a few year. shows this year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, actually, funny enough, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be adding a few more. But um, one of the few shows that I did catch in town was uh, I got to see Rufus Wainwright a few. Uh, that was a great like show. a month ago, yeah. And I've been like a big fan of Rufus since I was like in high school. So finally getting to see him perform was like pretty much exceeded all my expectations. Also because it was a like a solo piano show, which uh, is definitely new. Because I mean, a lot of his all of his records are so rich and fully orchestrated, and they're just big productions. So then seeing him in this context where it's just him on the grand stage and it's just piano and his voice and it absolutely killed it it was it that was pretty awesome that was a grand yeah. onstage uh, production at the grand theater and and who have, uh, have just been amazing at the the artists that they bring in um one of my favorite shows of this year just happened last week it was uh matt mays with sky wallace opening another grand onstage uh, production which uh is probably one of my favorite shows that I that I saw all year long. It was incredible. And the Grand is a great place to see music and stuff like that, but you know, hats off to the Grand on stage folks who keep uh bringing in amazing, you know, world-class artists like Ruf- Rufus Wainwright who is a legend and highly revered. And uh man, I'm glad that you got to see him play. And Dan Megan Coming up this month. Yes. Well, by the time this is released, that will have happened, but I'm sure it will be awesome. (laughs) This uh, this show will be the fourth time this year I will have seen Dan (laughs) Mangan. I I just somehow keep ending up at his shows. I mean, it's not that mysterious because it's because I actively pursue them, but like. It's not like someone kidnaps you and you just kind of appear. Oh, shit, I've had a Dan Mangan show. (laughs) Not again. How does this keep happening? uh, Yeah, I'm super stoked for this one at the Grand. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, Yeah. it's funny that you mentioned like the. that you're adding more shows to your Kingston roster in the next couple of weeks and that you mentioned the Matt Mays show because I feel like the last couple months of uh, 2019 are just stacked for shows in Kingston and like all I was I kind of was going to say my favorite show of the year was Pup and I feel like eh, that just happened like it's probably because <laughs> it's one of the most recent shows I went to but there there's that there's the Matt Mays there's uh, Dan Mangan coming up Colorado uh, in another couple of weeks like it's just a complete crazy party for the rest of the year yeah. that uh yeah i don't know it's just the yeah, last quarter of the year coming the casador show yeah. coming up yeah that's gonna be a big yeah, one december 20th one. at the alehouse that's gonna be wild yeah yeah uh, that's what part of the uh, spearhead uh ygk music series that uh, um kingston live is is helping support with uh, kpp concerts um, which has been a great series and there's been some great shows as part of that series and this one's at the alehouse I, I i love the alehouse i don't often see shows there because it takes a certain band with a certain size draw to fill that place and so they're not always doing live music there but one of my favorite shows that i saw all year happen there uh, monster truck uh, who are, you know, they're a heavy band, right? And I enjoy heavy music from time to time. But I, the vibe of that show, was, it was incredible music. And just everyone, the place was packed. Um, I think every biker between <laughs> Belleville and Montreal was probably in the alehouse for that show. But it was like... You know, it didn't feel weird. It felt like it was it was kind of like a wholesome vibe. Everyone was there because they're fans of the music, and it's amazing to see how music brings people together in that way. Um, and another favorite show that John and I kind of went to, um, 
Oh, who did they open? It was a band called Slide. Yeah, well, that, I'm, I don't even know who the headliner was that night because there was the Slide from Toronto, but I think we were there because Oak Ridge Ave and Hollywood were playing that yes, night. Yes, but right. yeah, the, we were completely taken by surprise. I remember when they stopped, and Rob and I kind of looked at each other. And we we're like, we were not prepared for that. That <laughs> yes. was, that <laughs> was my pretty awesome. Off the bar, and I was like, well, who are these guys? Now, yes. They're not a Kingston band, but that's, that's amazing Toronto, to believe, see like, yeah. on a random night, the kind of talent that swings through Kingston to play a show at some place well, like the mansion. The, the neat thing about them is I'm very much a metal fan. I've never listened to metal exclusively, but it's always there, right? So when I hear a, a really good Canadian metal band, I'm happy and sad at the same time. I'm happy that I've discovered them, but I'm kind of sad because Canada's not really known for metal if you want metal generally you have to go to europe so i was like i hope these guys get somewhere and then a few months later i found out that they uh and i think i mentioned this in another show but they won this nationwide competition to go to Wacken in germany to represent canada so that was i was it's pretty cool to see i, a I band almost cried when i heard that i was like that's yeah. so good yeah <laughs> i'm so excited yeah I love the idea of a band going to another country to represent our country, like the Metal Olympics. Like, yes. you know, it's like they placed, you know? That needs to be a thing. Metal Olympics. Yeah. I would, I would love, love to see that. That'll be the next festival that happens in Kingston. Yeah. Yeah. Metal Olympics. Um, you know what? Actually, uh, the Ale House, um, we were just talking about the Ale House in, in another show that I, I, I thought, although I don't go to many shows there because they don't do a lot there. But um, one of the, the best shows of the year, I think, was when the Wilderness headlined. Honest Heart Collective uh, opened that show. The vibe in that room was amazing. People were stoked to see the Wilderness on that stage and being a local band from Kingston, who's you know played every bar around, and uh, and they got to they got to be on that stage with that crowd and that vibe. It was just, it was it was there was a lot of special moments that night. That that was a great night, and it was obviously a great night for the wilderness. And it's interesting, even just looking at this, because they were our first guests, and that seems like such a long time ago. <laughs> and I feel like they've come so far in that time. And I remember. When they announced that show, there were certain people who were like, I don't know, are they going to be able to pull this off? Do they have enough of a fan base to kind of justify the Ale House? But they, they did it and they, you know, they packed the place and it was a great show. And they're still, they're very exciting right now because they've got momentum. And that's yeah. that's the thing. You know, you can have talent and you can have good performances, but momentum is, is hard to build and, and they've got it right now. So we'll see what happens. True, yeah. And, um, you know, and the Ale House is sort of a larger venue, but, you know, some of my favorite places to see live shows are, are places like the Grad Club or the Mansion. And one of my other favorite shows, I think, this year was uh, the Lowest of the Low who came through and played the Mansion. And they've been here a couple times in the past few years. Um, but it was a great show. They were touring a new album that they put out, uh, which is phenomenal. And uh, so they had a lot of new material that people hadn't heard, but they mixed it up with a bunch of stuff that fans knew and loved. So, and uh, and Oak Ridge Ave opened uh, that show, which is really special for that band because we had them on, and they cite the lowest the low as one of their their influences. So that mm-hmm. was really special for that band to open. But um, the other opener was Sky Wallace, who was just back in town opening for for Matt Mays. She was really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah. That, that was really kind of stopped me dead in my tracks when she took the stage and and played that first tune, and it was like, who, what? Yeah, <laughs> Sky Wallace is amazing. I didn't really have many you know preconceptions about what her music was, but amazing she's an artist that's going places and we're glad that she's played kingston a few times and hope she comes back again soon 
I think my, and I've talked about this already, I think I have to come back to it. My favorite show, I think, just off the top of my head, was that YGK Emerging Musician Showcase. And it was... That was so good. It at, was at the so Isabel good. Bader Center, which is such a fantastic venue. I want to see more shows there. Yeah. Well, Another show that I saw that last winter, I think, is still 2019, though. Uh, um, it was, I think it was the first live show I'd ever been to. It was Andy Shaw. Yeah. Uh, remember that show? That show was amazing. Wow. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys know Andy Shaw. You're a big Andy Shaw fan, Pete. Um, but uh, but he was he he's an, an amazing performer and gave it such an amazing intimate performance that night and I'd never been there before but it was packed with a bunch of Andy Shaw fans which is know. great because that was an awful storm that night too yeah oh, remember it was that? brutal and everyone in still there, came yeah. out it, it, going to an Andy Shaw show is really funny too because um, he's very much like a songwriter's songwriter so like when you go to one of his shows you just look around the room and you're like I know everyone here from some band (laughs) it's it's the same in toronto it's like i'm pretty sure everywhere he goes he just brings out every like like long-haired white dude with a guitar (laughs) just all show up at this show yeah and but getting back to the ygk emerging musician yeah it was just i i wasn't sure what to expect from that show because when you say emerging musician you're and i think i said this in in the podcast but you, you worry how experienced the musicians are going to be but everybody just killed it and you've asked me before i'm, I'm talking to rob for those listening uh you've asked me before uh can you just enjoy a show can you just you know because i think when you are a musician you hear things that maybe um the average person doesn't pick up on so sometimes you can be in the moment and other times something happens that kind of takes you out of it and that whole show that did not happen it was one great performance after another like especially uh sadaf amini who played the the mm-hmm. santor i didn't even know what a santor was apart from a bar downtown and i'm sure <laughs> a lot of people peace. yeah well there were a lot of people in that room who learned what a santor was and it was just amazing everybody i think that was the only performance where i just sat and i actually closed my eyes and just listened like everyone in that room was in space for 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. it was just so cool i hope it's something that they continue to do and I'm eager to see what's going to happen over the next year or two as as those, you know, as as that um, that venue and that showcase that they put on there um, kind of becomes a springboard for the careers of these artists because they're, they're all going places. It was just so clear to, yeah. you know, when you saw them perform and you heard that music, you're just like, wow, this is special to get to see them here now. And, and what a great way to represent Kingston. And yeah. I, mean, I just feel that embodies everything that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, I thought, uh, there was some getting back to the festivals. We touched on that earlier. We did the whole episode just on the festivals, the summer festivals. Um, but I, I was really impressed by the, the scale and the quality of back to the farm this year. That was, that was, I didn't know what to expect. It was my first back to the farm experience. And it was, it was outstanding. Like kudos to Chris Morris and everyone who organized that because that was just a phenomenally well done festival safe fun i had my kids there like yeah. you know and the vendors were, were great the music was fantastic you know i always have a great time at uh, back of the farm and you're right about it like the scale of it um i've been 
not every year, but a number of years now. I think there was two or three years where uh, I just coincidentally was out of town every weekend, and Chris was always giving me shit about it because he would be like, "Ah, oh, save this weekend." Nope, sorry, I'm camping. But uh, <laughs> every year, seeing it grow and grow and grow and scale up, and like you mentioned about an Andy Schaff show where everybody you run into is uh, a musician, I felt like everybody you ran into at Back to the Farm, if they weren't a musician, they were like friends with a musician or they worked in like one of the bars that supports live music and everybody there was so uh supportive and just happy to be there and i think we touched on that in the uh segment we did with the wilderness from the festival where they intentionally have planned that festival to always be on sundays because that's when the service industry and people who are supporting live music on that end are most likely to be able to sneak away from their job so they can go enjoy a summer festival at farm and enjoy live music as as somebody who's not on the clock well, and the funny thing about that, um, I think uh, Chris Morris pointed out that everybody, all the musicians in Kingston seem to either work in construction or hospitality. <laughs> so it was an opportunity, I think, for the musicians as well to be, you know, sort of out there and, and hey, I'm, I'm off work and let's let's play some music. Yeah, so, absolutely. Well, back to the farm has, has grown um, and, and grown well. Um, Wolf Island Music Festival changed up their format this year, which which I thought was really refreshing. It's hard to do a big festival uh, like Back to the Farm, um, you know, the, especially in a remote place like on an island, like Wolf Island Music Fest happens. There's transportation issues and all sorts of logistical stuff that, you know, as festival goers, we never have to worry about, but the organizers do. And so they did Wolf Island Music Festival differently this year. Um, and it, I thought it was fantastic. It felt like a family gathering. There was, you know, people, locals from the island, um, musicians, and just people that have always kind of been there supporting that kind of music. And the, and the lineup was outstanding. Um, it was really good, really intimate. I mean, you had the Sadies, Charlotte Cornfield, Jim Bryson was there. Um, it was just, it, it felt like a bit of a, a bit of a family reunion atmosphere and uh and i I really dug the format it was it was well done and uh, even though it was smaller and it was different um the quality was was just amazing and i hope they do it again like that next year right on yeah we we missed that one this year yes that was one that i uh i was camping for that time (laughs) (laughs) and i think one uh we we should definitely touch on because i i was amazed uh at it this year was ygk craft beer festival i thought they're they had a they always have an amazing festival. The weather, no matter what, they do some kind of weird black magic where the weather can be <laughs> forecast to be the worst day in the world. And then maybe it's just because I'm having a lot of drinks, but it turns into a gorgeous day. Maybe I'm the only one experiencing that. But I was sober and uh, no, the weather was lovely. Yeah. And it was another huge, huge, like great lineup with the wilderness and uh, Lost Cousins, Lost Cousins yep. were another great one. And uh, Grace Two, that tragically hip cover band as well. Yep. Uh, the Elwins, everybody really brought it and it's such a beautiful venue for not only for live music but also for the the festivities that are going on and people recovering from cannibal crush all day um that i feel like that festival has a a certain touch of magic just seeing kingston bands especially like you know the the lost cousins uh the wilderness lost cousins playing right in front of the waterfront there on the side of the hill it's just chef's kiss (laughs) (laughs) He, uh, he had to describe his actions yeah, there because yeah. you couldn't see the <laughs> describe video. Is, is that what that's called? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a completely unrelated just describe video story. Excellent. One time I accidentally turned on the describe video channel on my TV when cable was still a thing people had. <laughs> 
And I was watching South Park, and I did not realize it was described video. I thought it was part of the storyline. <laughs> because I'm flipping through, I'm like, oh, South Park's on. And then this calm voice is describing everything on screen. And I swear, the first sentence I heard was, Meanwhile, upstairs, the 1979 Denver Broncos are running a train on Cartman's mom. <laughs> and I was like, what is the storyline that's happening right now? Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. Oh, we were talking about festivals, I think. Um, I, I went to, uh, to a, a small festival called Rock on the Rock, which happens on Howe Island, um, which was really amazing. Uh, a guy by the name of, uh, of Dave Cheesebro puts it on in his backyard, in which he has built a stage. He's a musician himself, but he invites uh, local acts uh, from around to, to play his backyard stage and everyone on the island. And they're, they're a, a great community out there. Um, but you know, people from mainland come out too and, and, uh, and just kind of, you know, descend upon his backyard for an afternoon and, and evening and, and Spearhead was there, uh, with beer and there was food and such a cool vibe and some great bands and, and stuff. And that was really cool. I go back to that again. I think it's neat. <laughs> Spearhead was there to sort of legitimize his house show. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I like that we talked about that, uh, this year as well, with the house shows with the Albert street crew. Those guys were fun. Yeah, I loved how, uh, like, that, that was such a great episode for uh, talking about that aspect of the industry. And also, I just loved how organically that all came together. That was a very house show themed episode, and how house showy it was that we. It came together everyone. very much in the spirit of house shows. Yeah, exactly. Very spontaneous, but, and ve- but very effective. Yeah. Yeah. On the opposite end of the spectrum of house shows, did anyone here in the room go to the Glorious Sun show at Richardson Stadium? I wasn't able to attend. I had other plans. But when I got back, I live very close to Richardson. So when I got back, I could hear it from my backyard. So I actually just grabbed a lawn chair and just sat and listened to the show from like, you know, less than a kilometer away. Sitting there, and it was very uniquely like Kingston moment because I'd just gotten donuts from Coffee Way as well. So I just sat in my backyard eating donuts from Coffee Way and listening to the glorious suns a few blocks away. That's awesome. Well, the other big one was uh, for for, for like not eating donuts by yourself. No, 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 it's just life. Um, No, like going, not going to a show, but just hearing the whole thing anyway. So it's like. It's like not piracy, but it's like, <laughs> like almost. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, other uh, big show was was Rock in the Big House, which took place in the the now shut down Kingston Penitentiary, which was such an awesome idea to begin with. I hope they do more of those. That was pretty cool to be within the confines of the penitentiary and see some amazing bands. Yes, I saw. Yeah, it was great. It was it was great for me because some of my favorite bands were playing. I mean, the the Trues and the Headstones and the Pursuit of Happiness played. And you know what? I was a fan of them when I was like a teenager. Couldn't get in to see their shows because I was too young. Um, And I finally (laughs) got a chance to see them. And it's sadly probably the last show that they're ever going to play, and they kind of announced that from stage, and uh, which is too bad. But I snuck it in <laughs> and then bought a T-shirt on the way a out. Bucket so. list kind of yeah, experience. Yeah. Totally, it's a pretty cool last show too. <laughs> yeah, just like play in jail for your last show. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really great. So, and I, I think they raised a bunch of money for United Way, and uh, so it all went to a good cause, and it was great. I hope they do something like that again. I want to know what's everyone's favorite sort of musical discovery from the year. Mm. Any, any bands, any performers who are like, yes, I like this. I've got a few, actually, for sure. I thought you might. Yes. 
I, uh, I, and there's some bands that have been around that, that, um, I knew of, but have just really kind of come into their own and mature Oak Ridge Ave being one of those bands where they've just really refined their sound. They've now been in and out of the studio with Ian Blurton in Toronto. And I think they're sitting on a pretty amazing record that they're going to put out this winter. Um, but they brought on a fourth member to really round out their sound. Um, Thomas from Paper Ladies and, uh, and um, you know, so they were a trio, and, and now there's four of them, and and their their sound on stage is just, and, and their presence and their show is just so different than when it was a year ago. So it's really neat to kind of see, almost rediscover that band, you know, as they've evolved over the past year. Well, that's another band that's come a long way since, yeah, the the inception of this podcast. And like you say, <laughs> yeah, we've kind of watched them grow, I think, and definitely being in the studio and working with Ian has definitely polished their sound as well. For sure. Yeah, they're a band to watch. Uh, you know, ne- next year is probably going to be a big one for them, I, I would imagine. One of the emerging musicians, uh, the, the YGK emerging musician um, artists, uh, Julia Finnegan, um, who I just kind of wandered into music when she happened to be playing. This is before the YGK emerging musician showcase happened. And I was just like really taken by her music. Um, it's really delicate songs, beautifully put together, and and um, she's just a, a wonderful musician. And I think she's someone else who's going to go places. And so um, I can't take credit for discovering her, uh, but um, <laughs> it's, it's awesome that that that, uh, that the YGK Emerging Musician um, competition selected her as one of the finalists because she's another artist that I think is going to go places for sure. I wasn't aware of uh, Lost Cousins until it might I might be like very very end of 2018, borderline like early 2019. We'll count but, that. That's fine. All right, cool. Um, yeah, and just yeah, right before their record came out, and all the like singles that were available leading up to that, I just like dug into those real deep and like yeah, and that that album is fantastic. It's such a good album. Yeah. yeah. No, that that was a real treat from this year. I think uh, one band that we had on on the podcast that uh, I was it was through the podcast that I kind of got into their music is Detroit. I, I think that, that was going to be my pick. Yeah, I knew, <laughs> I knew you asked that question to set up Detroit. Yeah, we can yeah. rewind. <laughs> we can rewind. Um, we, yeah. <laughs> John, what's your pick? <laughs> no, uh, in, in all seriousness, and uh, it came about when I think Pete pointed them out um you know i think when we were sort of preparing for this podcast and uh yeah i just i really dug the music and the album health is really really good and uh, i think they were supposed to have a new album out by now maybe i don't know what's going on with that hopefully that's out soon but um but yeah i i was just been very impressed with um with the sound of that band and and just the unique approach, I, I don't think there's anybody else that sounds like them uh, in a, in a good way. It's unique in a way that's very exciting. I think they they were such like a treat to discover. Because um, I remember like I kind of came to know their music. Um, I think it was probably like early 2018 or something. Because um, way back when I was in like high school and early university, like. Um, she, Nadia was in another band at the time. It was a name I can't remember, but I was remember really enjoying that band, and I was like, I wonder if they still exist. Probably not, and they don't. But <laughs> finding out um, about her solo music through that, and then Dutois shortly after, and I was like, oh damn, okay, she's not only still making music, but it's like the coolest thing <laughs> that I've heard in a while <laughs> coming to town. So like, yeah, Health is amazing, and whatever the follow up like 
<laughs> Whenever that thing comes out, I will be purchasing a copy of that album. I'll be at the show. Like, that band's awesome. Yes, the San Filippo <laughs> brothers will be present. Yes, <laughs> some of them. <laughs> yeah, there are more there, of us. There's yeah. a bunch of us. It's yeah. weird. There's 120,000 people in Kingston, and 75,000 of them are San Filippos. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> there's a few artists that um, that I had kind of tripped across in. Uh, um, just as part of the music scene here um, in Kingston that I, I got to see at Wolf Island Music Festival this year. And now I'm just a huge fan. Um, uh, the, the Millwrights are one of those bands, and Emily Steele and The Deal uh, are one of those bands, too. They're just phenom- both phenomenal bands. Emily Steele and The Deal are, are amazing. Um, I think another band to really watch, too. Um and so, uh, yeah, it's a, that was a real treat to get to see them play. There was another band, too, on the bill at Wolf Island Music Festival, Piner, who I th- I, which I think is um, Clayaway Brackenbury. And she is, I don't want to say that she's a solo artist because she has a band, and that band is Piner. But I don't know how old she is. She looks young but is super talented, and her her music just... It's it it's amazing. Like it just kind of gets you the beautiful songs, and I was really taken by uh, by her live performance there. Um, that was that was a really good. So that's another another band Piner to watch. I think they're really cool. Check them out on uh, on uh, Bandcamp. Actually, is where they have. Yes, I tried looking for the music other places, but Bandcamp is where it's at. I feel like you them. you graduate from like SoundCloud to Bandcamp and Bandcamp to Spotify and like <laughs> Apple Music and the rest of the streaming ether. Yeah. One of my favorite. Um, I, I'm conflicted even calling this a musical discovery for myself this year because uh, I've known him in a, a capacity for a while, but it was really fascinating to kind of see Nick Babcock like grow as a, a solo pop artist this year because I'd known him from Casador. Uh, for his time with that band and then as he broke off and did his own thing and and pursued a solo pop career it was really fascinating and exciting to hear him do his solo stuff and uh, see him bring that to the national stage with his appearance on the launch and just watch that growth of his uh, his artistry and performance and following for the most part over the the course of 2019 which i think was really um, I think it kind of surprised me because I'm not normally a pop guy. Like I, I'm such a, a rock guy that when I see a band, like I'm like, oh, of course they're going to be great. I've already researched this because I'm a nerd, <laughs> and I had already known him from the rock side. So seeing him do the pop uh, growth was really that was kind of the highlight of 2019 for yeah, me. I, I can't think. imagine how much time he spent on a stage, you know, playing and writing and working on his craft this year. Yeah. Like, what a cool, like he's he's definitely come a long way. And we had he was on our he was our, I think our second guest on on the podcast here episode two, and he did uh, you know a live performance here, yeah, acoustic performance of of an amazing song. And th- that just really blew me away. I was like, wow. I, I was so- really impressed with that performance. I mean, he just knocked it out. We did that in like one or two takes. I think the first one was the one we used. And yeah, it was great. And I, I think one of my favorite quips, uh, I don't know if quip is the right term, but like excerpts, one of my favorite um, passages of any guest from the podcast. the thesaurus today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm using all my words. Uh, now I'm just going to talk in grunts for the rest of the show. I ran out of words. Um, one of my favorite things anybody has said on the podcast was when Nick was 
was talking about his growth as a music fan in Kingston, that he grew up in the West End and it wasn't until he had like gone to college and come back until he discovered like, wow, downtown Kingston has it going on because he was such a, a West End guy that uh, you never think of it. Like growing up, there wasn't really much of a purpose for him as a minor to come downtown and go to the Toucan on a Saturday night because what are you going to do? Drink Coke all night until 2 a.m.? I, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. No, growing up in the West End, like you have to seek out the stuff going on downtown. You know, there's nothing like obvious in a sense. Like we're in sometime in like I think grade 11 or something going to a show at the mansion when they did like those, you know, seven o'clock all ages shows and just like. I don't know, having this revelation of like people come here like there's, <laughs> there's shows I don't have to like just go to Toronto to see like you know some stadium show like I can just go to the mansion and see whatever like Ontario like punk or indie band is passing through there are some uh, good live music venues though in the in the western which I think we probably don't uh um, pay attention to enough on this podcast, but uh, places like Rax have a big stage. I've seen some fantastic performances there. Always a lot of fun because it's a party atmosphere. Uh, Little Texas and uh, has a stage as well. So there, you know, I don't know, maybe just everyone's like watching live music out there. I will say Overtime. <laughs> I've never been to Overtime Sports Bar, but they get these acts that you would not expect A, to hit Kingston and B, to be playing in the West End. Like, um, who played there? Anti Flag played there. Like <laughs> they, they've had the few... agonist there. Yeah, they've had yeah. like these seriously like wow. What are they doing in Kingston bands? And it's uh, now I'm the reverse where I'm like I live downtown. I can't make it out to a show in the West End. I feel guilty for the West End's got it going on. Yeah. I know. Way to, way to go over time. Yeah, uh, uh, Overtime's a neat venue too. And yeah, and it's so funny because every time I see when those shows happen, you know they they post the photos to Instagram and their social channels and. The place is packed. People are, you know, it's a raging party and like, you know, full of, you know, fans of the band and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I got to get over there for a show sometime. So we'll be descending upon Overtime Sports Bar at some point. (laughs) Watch for us in our Kingston Live (laughs) t-shirts. It's probably about time we head home with this. Uh, I'd like to just ask everybody um, what you feel like you've you've learned from this, looking back on this last year. Is there something that you feel like you've learned? I've really learned that, I mean, I had a hunch, which is kind of why the podcast exists, but that, you know, and that hunch was, was Kingston's got a great music scene. And, you know, I've come to learn just how, you know, I probably had a very narrow view of what that music scene was. And now it's my horizons have been expanded. It's incredibly diverse. Um, there's a lot more going on than meets. It's, I feel like, I feel like this year being part of the podcast was like, you remember when you're a kid and in the backyard, somewhere near the garden, you'd flip over that rock and underneath is this ecosystem of like <laughs> bugs and worms and stuff. I, this is a terrible, is analogy. A horrible analogy. <laughs> terrible analogy for us. There's a bunch of worms. Terrible analogy. A bunch of worms under some limestone. I'll come back and re-record this part. But uh, it's like we got to put it under. Uh, you know, we got to flip over that rock. I think here in in the podcast and just say, wow, look at all the amazing stuff that's that's going on. This is a healthy, diverse musical economy that's happening here. Uh, in Kingston, and um, and there was there was a lot more going on than I than I actually suspected. So, well, I can just only echo what you've said. Uh, people always ask me, "Hey, how's the podcast going?" And I usually tell them, "Well, we've kind of." 
gone down a rabbit hole because we we had certain expectations going into this. We're like, oh yeah, there's a lot of talent in this city, but it seems like every talent we find leads to like five others somehow. And there's been, I, I find like I've been sort of overwhelmed in the last several months just by all this. It's like, oh, we got to talk to this person, but we got to talk to this person first. And then that guy. And then it's just so much out there. And you know what, even though it's as diverse and as healthy as I think, you know, our live music economy is here in Kingston, I think there's lots of room for growth. Right. And you hear it from, from bands all the time. Like there's, you know, there's a demand for live music here. More and more people are coming to Kingston for live music. You know, they might come for a big show, but stay because there's lots of other smaller shows going on. And, you know, we, um, you know, some disappointing things happened this year in the sense that, um, you know, we lost a live music venue in the Brooklyn that shut down. It was a great place to go see live music. And we also lost Music Fly this year, which was the only online resource that you could really go for, you know, a, a comprehensive, you know, what's happening kind of a listing in terms of, of live music. And, you know, those to me were, were disappointments of, of this past year. But, you know, so, you know, there's lots of room and lots of opportunity here to make the scene even better than it is, right, for, for to everyone's benefit. I also learned how little studying there is happening at Queen's University. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, I should rephrase that. There's a lot of um, no, there's a lot of neat stuff happening at Queen's, and I think um, Lost Cousins said because I asked that very question, how do you guys have time to do band stuff and study? But uh, no, I guess there's there's just a lot of opportunities that um, you know there are things that come up through academics and then you just meet people i mean the albert street crew is a great example you know like lucas was studied to be a, an engineer yeah and now he's booking shows <laughs> and that's that's just so cool and it's neat to see that people are given opportunities even if they're not sort of what they set out to do you meet people and the, all these different things kind of present themselves and lead to other stuff so that's nice to see you brought up the, the word momentum um a little while ago, you were talking about the wilderness, and I kind of feel like Kingston's music scene as a whole has gained some momentum this past year. And I don't know, maybe we played a part in that, but I just feel like there's more buzz, there's more people paying attention, right? I mean, there's you know, there's people coming out and 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 saying, you know, hey, maybe maybe Kingston should be you know Canada's you know capital of live music, and I, I certainly think it's got the foundations. We, we have the assets to to be that to, to to make that claim someday. But I feel like a lot more people are talking about our music scene and talking about the bands and artists from here, and talking about wanting to do more with it, which I think is a really really positive sign. That's a really good conversation to have, and um, and it's and it seems like it's happening at multiple levels here in the city. I think for me, just on that same thought. Um, I think the YGK Emerging Musician competition was a huge step forward. And not just the fact that it happened, but all the people and groups that got involved. Like the fact that all those musicians were given like an amazing package for participating and for winning. Um, and also we talked about uh, Chris Morris's article for The Kingstonist about basically what the podcast is about is kind of um, the Kingston music scene and, and it's place in the Canadian music scene as well. Yeah, I hope if, if anything, we've just helped do play our part in inspiring more believers, right? Because I think we all, we're all big believers here in this room. And, uh, and it's really neat for, to feel and to see um, and to hear, you know, more belief happening, like that building of belief is, is happening. And that's how you make something magical happen, right? 
It's uh, so it'll be really interesting to see where things go over the next few years. Just to add to that too, um, just thinking about like lessons from this year. The first thing that came to my mind was like the way that you know we talked about how like there seems to be momentum in the music scene itself, but I think like on a bigger scale, there's like, I learned this year that there's like an interesting appreciation for the sort of culture around it um, in this town. Like the um, I remember like what happened with Brian's this year, like when the word got out that like, you know, about the flood, I remember just being like, Brian's record option you're talking about. Yeah. Brian, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, which is <laughs> closed down not, by not someone's house. Yeah. No. Flood. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I was heartbroken when I found out that about the flood, I was like, man, that like, I bought my first record player there from a stack of turntables on the floor <laughs> and like I've been going there for ever since then. And then you find out there's like this Kickstarter going on. And then it succeeds. And then people are on the street, like, handing them checks and stuff to, like, just bring it back to life. You don't hear about that. Like, that's that's crazy to me that, like, you can have a record store that was doing fine and then something out of their control happens. And then the community comes out and they're like, no, this is an institution worth keeping. That's really unique. It's pretty beautiful. Like. That, really that was. Nice. I, I feel bad saying it. I almost forgot about that interview. But yeah, and I almost forgot that that was this year. It feels like it was a long time ago. But yeah, that was such a great community moment. It was like the Kingston music equivalent to "It's a Wonderful Life" for just everybody <laughs> just showed up with baskets of money and stuff. And yeah, but yeah, it was that was that was wonderful. And it's great to see because I remember he was when that first happened when the flood happened. He was basically like, "I'm done." But everybody was like, no, you're not done. <laughs> we will not allow it. Yeah. <laughs> you can close when I say you can close. We need that opera section alive and well. <laughs> and I wonder how many of those dollars came from the couple he caught almost banging in the back corner. <laughs> You'll have to go back and listen to that episode yeah. if you want the full story on that. Yeah. Well, it's a good year. I'm looking forward to the next uh, year. Um, yeah, does anybody have any big shows they're looking forward to that are already announced for next year? Yes, and I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, you know what? I'm really I'm I'm excited to see the Mahones play next month. Actually, it's the hometown shows for the Mahones. They're they're always a blast, and so um, that one I'm that's the next one that I'm looking forward to. Also, looking forward to the one that um, we're a part of in in December. Uh, Casador's headlining brother Elsie now has been announced as mm-hmm. uh, playing on that show, and this is all, all done with the Spearhead Supports, the YGK music uh, concert series that uh, they're putting on, and so this is going to be the third edition. Uh, and it's going to be at the Ale House this time, so bigger venue, bigger bands, bigger crowds. Going to be just an awesome, an awesome evening, I think. I don't think I'm so much looking forward to any specific shows, but I'm really looking forward to seeing the next steps in the evolution of basically all the artists we've talked about in the last how long it's been. Does anyone have like an a 2019 album they would recommend? Like something that just like and maybe not necessarily just Kingston specific, but like just generally an album. I think you and I like, have already mentioned ours. Yeah. Between yeah. Lost Cousins and De Trois. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, those are those are great. Right? Those are very solid. Yeah. Yes, I have got weights. I can't pick my favorite child. <laughs> that's, uh, that's awful. <laughs> Seminary um, Road was 2019, wasn't it? Right? Uh, or late yes, 2018. Yes, or at least late 2018. Yeah. Was, yeah. We can count that. Some yeah. good local records, actually, that 
came out well i mean the glorious sun's out new album is yes that's a, just a solid album that was that was recorded locally too was it not yeah with um, uh with zane was yeah, it not? from North, North of, I, think, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. believe it was. Which is, and that whole album, like you know, from the first song to the last track, is is just solid. Zane um, holds the distinction of signing the sign with only his first name. <laughs> I like that Zane is. Cool. He basically is a first name. It's yeah. just there's not a lot of Zanes running around Kingston. <laughs> He's the reverse Riley Jabor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna feel really bad if his last name turns out to be Jabor. And I've just been bogarting it. <laughs> you force him into that corner, man. It's brutal. <laughs> there's been a lot of good, like a lot of good albums that have been put out by local artists this year. I think I liked Goldwing's album too. Mm-hmm. That was that was just a really good one. Uh, great, like guitar-driven vocal rock. You know, sort of if you're into the Foo Fighters kind of thing, I, I'd imagine you probably like Goldwing. They're they're great to see live as well. I'm um, forgetting so many of these records that came out this year. Like, yeah, yeah I was trying to think like early this year because I'm like, oh yeah, late in the year. It's where we are now. I'll I'll know these things. But yeah, I completely forgot about Glorious Suns. Forgot about the Goldwing record. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna remember a lot of stuff once we hit stop. Yeah, machine. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the Info Tourist album actually, which I thought was really solid and timely. Record. It was called The Election. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Strangely enough, came out right around the time of our federal election. Um, you know, politically charged, really just, but solid musicianship and highly listenable. So that's a lush record. That is like a lush record. So much yeah. interesting stuff happening. This on is there. a band that only gets together now. once yeah. every five years, and <laughs> you know, and man, they put every they, five years of of you know art goes into like you know, and production goes They're into like one Kingston's record. Tool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, Chris and Chris and D put out a record this year too, which I thought was really really good. They're they're just solid, and um, I want to hear more of that record. Actually, that's just a good. I've cruised through it a couple times, and um, but really good, really beautiful, moody vocal kind of a record. I think Emily Steele and the Deal put out a self-titled EP, and that, I know I mentioned that band earlier, but check it out. That's just I think it's like five or six songs, six songs I think, and they're just they're just solid. So if you if you like sort of rootsy country. Um, it, it reminded me of a lot of uh, early Nico Case records, um, if you're into, into Nico Case. Um, and I don't want to be pigeonholing, but uh, there's a lot more going on in those records than uh, than I'm describing, but um, on that record anyway. And uh, Kiss the Fish is a local band. They also put out an, an EP this year, which I thought was pretty cool. But, uh, you know, they're, they're a band that we should probably have on the podcast at some point. Hopefully. I imagine we will get to them For sure. eventually, yes. <laughs> yeah, we've, yeah. Been, we've been talking to them. Good yeah. to have them back in town now that school's in and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, just a, a lot of good records. I can't wait to see, like, you know, what's going to happen. Next year, there's, I mean, there's, um, you know, with some of the, the emerging musicians uh, that, that came out of the, the, the competition and stuff, you know, hopefully they're going to be able to, to have a chance to record and, and put out some music, too, and... Um, so there's lots of exciting things to look forward to, I think. All right. Well, here's to 2020. Woohoo, bring it on. There we go. Let's get out of here so Rob can watch Disney Plus. Yes. (laughs) There's Star Wars to watch, damn it. (laughs) This has been Kingston Live. We encourage you to rate us on your listening platform of choice and subscribe where possible. Kingston Live was recorded in Kingston by Titan Sound. Hosted by John Sanfilippo and Riley Jabor. Writing and research by Peter Sanfilippo. Executive producer, Rob Howard. Opinions expressed by Kingston Live guests are their own and don't necessarily represent the opinions of Kingston Live producers and staff. 
A big thanks to the support of Tourism Kingston, who helped make this podcast possible. Check out the latest live music listings and many other experiences the city has to offer at visitkingston.ca. We'd love to hear from you. Email your thoughts, ideas, comments to podcast at kingstonlive.ca.